Hello, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits. I want to welcome all of you to our podcast, Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is proudly brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is is someone that I've been really uh, wanting to have a conversation uh, with, and that is Christy Palmer. And Christy is the co-founder of Kiva Confections. And I, I hope you guys in the industry know Kiva. I know you do. Kiva is, and Christy is the OG, of, one of the OGs of this of this industry. And she's built, along with her, her husband, uh, a proud business that is uh, doing $250 plus million in revenue a year. But she, it's a lot of hard work. Uh, she's been involved with this thing for almost 13 years, and uh, I want you all to welcome her uh, to Plant Profits. How are you doing, Christy? Welcome. I am, thank you, Vern. I'm doing so great today. Thank you for that um, amazing intro. My goodness, I'm blushing. <laughs> yeah, well, you earned every word uh, of that and, 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 and more. I mean, it, it's wonderful to talk to you because... Uh, you've worked very hard. You guys collectively, uh, you and your team have worked very hard to to create a brand in a an industry that I think it's the most difficult consumer industry to create a brand in. And uh, I think you've worked very hard. And yeah, they don't, they don't make it easy. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for that. And, <laughs> and it does take a village, right? It's it's uh, it's it's the whole team. It's we're almost to four hundred people now. So. Um, it's a big team and yeah. yeah, it's, it takes every single one of us working really, really hard and all that passion and dedication every day. But you know, that is, that is so true and, and I'm sure of it. And, and, but you, you know, what's, what's uh, the story is so, uh, appropriate and germane to what this industry is all about. I mean, here we are. Uh, someone, I mean, you, you were an entrepreneur before you got into this deal. And, uh, I mean, you started this thing in your kitchen, right. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, so give us just a flavor of, of how it originated and why did you start making these chocolate bars in your kitchen? Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> so the shortest answer is uh, desperation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, you in, know, in, in what way? That's interesting. In, in desperation, from what perspective? Yeah. So, um, you know, my husband and I, we were photographers. We met in photography school, um, graduated okay. in 2007, and okay. the economy was just tanking, right? It, and we're, it was. The banking we're crisis. New, yeah. naive uh photographers and with no experience and, and we just aren't making ends meet right we're like looking for gigs and shooting hotels and restaurants and weddings mm -hmm. and portraits whatever we can scrape up i had a restaurant job as well and okay. i kept getting sent home from my restaurant job like at you know six o'clock because there were no customers coming in so it was just like, okay, what do we do? We need some money. We're, we're desperate. We need to eat in the morning. Um, and so we, we started a cannabis cultivation in the backyard grow shed. That's really how we began. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
And that's like what you did back then, right? You wanted to make some extra money. So everybody had like a little backyard or closet in the weed industry. (laughs) (laughs) That was a no brainer. (laughs) Now, where were you living at the time? Yeah. So this is in San Leandro. Um, okay. Yeah. In Northern yep. Cal. Yeah. Yep, Northern Cal. And, um, yeah. and that was in the house that I grew up in, actually. So when I moved home from college, my I moved back home. And then my dad, um, my dad had remarried. And so uh, I moved back in with the like, you know, into the new family dynamic. And then very soon after that, my dad and his new wife moved out of the house. Um, so we could kind of take over the house, which we definitely did. My sister and I, and then Scott moved in as well. And then that's when we took the garden shed and okay. like, did the whole thing. So Chrissy, you, you're absolutely right. We had this, this, this huge banking crisis around that same time. Um, and, and, uh, you know, so you guys were trying to, to make ends meet and get things done. And, and so at that point, what did you do? Yeah. So, um, so it was, uh, becoming pretty clear that photography wasn't going to, um, wasn't going to work out at least at that moment. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, we, um, we started looking for other ways to other sources of income and that's when, um, that's when the idea of, okay, well, we should probably grow weed in our backyard, um, came to be. And so we, uh, <laughs> my, uh, my dad moved out of the family home with his new wife. Wait a minute. Did he move out because you started growing weed? Or... <laughs> no, actually, um, <laughs> he moved out because I had moved back in. He had a new wife. The family dynamic okay. was off. Right. Okay. And, um, Got it. Yeah. Got it. So it wasn't working out very well. So okay. to save the family, I like to say he moved out. <laughs> with the new wife and then um yeah then we went in the garden shed and we pulled all the old tools out we sealed that thing up and scott bought this book of like how to how to wire your you know this electrical engineering book basically that's three inches thick and you know sat down started reading that and then rerouted our 220 line like from the hot tub down to the garden shed you know like another 50 60 feet and he's like he's the engineer right so there's a problem and there's, yeah. there's a book or something you need to read or something Google to like get to the answer. He will like relentlessly find the answer. So in any case, we do the garden shed, we're starting to cultivate. And what does our flower look like on our first harvest? Like this dried up old brown, nasty. It was so bad that we called it, we like renamed the strain, you know, we called it brown eyed girl. <laughs> Oh, did you really? <laughs> it was like, you know, uh, it was, it wasn't, it had room for improvement. Let's put it that way. Um, okay. and so, yeah, so we've been, okay. Cultivation's not for us, but it got us into the stores and, um, that led us to what the real opportunity was, was edibles, edibles. You could, um, first you could brand, so you could stand out, you mm-hmm. could put your name on it. You could be yeah. seen, um, you could be repeatable, ownable, all that stuff. Um, flower was definitely not the case. Plants, not the case then. Um, and edibles at that time were totally experimental for folks, right? They were, unlabeled, untested, like you didn't know what kind of experience your $20 was going to get you at that time. You, you, you know what? I, I always compare because everybody's got an edible story. 
Everybody's yeah. got an edible store, right? It's you could you could you uh, everybody's got an edible store. It's almost like when you're young, everybody's got a tequila store, right? Yeah. Right. It, it, exactly. I mean, edible. It, it was. It's the same thing, right? And 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 so you you stepped into a, a zone, a place in the industry. Now, at this time, you you didn't. I mean, did you believe you'd be where you are today, ten years later, with a three hundred million dollar business and four hundred employees? And no, did, no. So you're you're still right here. You're still ten yeah. toes down, trying to make ends meet. I mean, you're yeah. just. This was the next idea. Yeah. Yeah, this was the, yeah, this was the next idea. This was like, yeah. okay, you know, like I said, like, we'd like to eat, we're hungry. So right. we, we all got a lot of time and <laughs> nothing to do. So let's figure something out. So, yeah. And um, so, yeah, so it was, you know, a, a few That's months of product development and trying to get the formulations and deciding on what kind of chocolate we were going to use and yeah. what type of extraction would work the best. And then creating a brand, right? We thought, okay, we need a package and a logo. And we worked with a couple that we knew from our photography days and they were like, oh no, you need a brand. And that was a big, like, oh, light bulb moment, mm -hmm. right? We do, we mm -hmm. need to determine what will Kiva stand for? Um, what What is it going to believe in? Um, and then, so once we came up with those kind of like honest, professional, trustworthy, information forward, natural, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, those were our guiding principles um, for a long, long time. It was like, just stay in that lane and keep true to those, um, those few words, those few terms. And um, yeah, and here we are. <laughs> Did you, you know, it's amazing. Did you know anything about building a brand at the time? Only, um, I guess a little bit, um, only from really like photography school, yeah. uh, where we learn to sell imagery to people okay. yeah. and, and, and make them believe in the picture and like make them have a, an emotional connection or a response to an image. So that would probably be the extent of it. But again, Scott is, you know, he's, he's where, where there's a will, there's a way and he can solve any problem. So he, he really kind of took that branding exercise to heart. And, um, mm -hmm. and he today still is the, is the like driving force behind brand creation and keeping our brands like on the right track. Of course, we have a whole team that does that now. So right. especially in the early days, you were like, oh, no, no, no. Kiva doesn't do, you know, what would Kiva do? Kiva wouldn't do that. Like, right. like that. Kiva doesn't yeah. Like that. And so you treated it like it's an entity and a person and a living thing. And that, that that's, that's really some core um, uh, components of building a brand, something that's dependable, some something that people can trust, and and yeah. uh, you guys have have, have been amazing uh, at at doing that. You know when I went, so you 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 have these products, and you know you're known for chocolate bars, gummies, mints, those kinds of things. That's, I mean, that's what you're known for. Mm -hmm. um, how do you keep it alive? How do you keep me interested? right and what's happening next in kiva yep um keeping keeping the interest of the consumer mm -hmm. happens for us with innovation and trend setting or okay. keeping up with the trends 
Um, mm -hmm. So like our most recent product, Lost Farm, is a gummy and fruit chew. So like almost like a Starburst format. And, okay. um, and what we've done with that product is we've put a strain specific live resin extraction in there. And then we use super interesting, fun flavors that really um, kind of highlight the flavors that you get from that strain. So right. Lost Farm, Lost Farm tastes like weed, like not going to, we're not trying to cover up the taste of the cannabis, but rather right. select strains that taste good and then play up those flavors um, in a way that people can really like live, live with that strain for a moment while mm -hmm. they're doing their fruit chew or their gummy. Um, mm -hmm. And so that is our most like connoisseur product. Like the, the tagline for that brand is never stop searching. So we're like mm -hmm. always looking for the next cool thing. So yeah. I think that is a, that's like one of my favorite products to talk about um, in the evolution of our, of our product line. Cause it just, yeah. it, it follows a trend. It leads the trend. Like it, it's a, just a really cool, exciting item that gets people back into the brand. That's great. And and that's interesting. You, you, you're, you're keeping the, uh, the, 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 the strand taste in the product. And how do you know to do that? What, what I mean, because some people would, you would think they would say, look, I just, I, I want, I want it to taste like a, a starburst. Mm -hmm. Right. I, I want it to taste like that, except I'll get this very measured effect that I'm looking for and enjoying something that's different. Yeah. Um, what do you look at to tell you that you need to do that differently? Yeah, I think um great question. So we do have mm -hmm. a um we do have a director of innovation on the team who okay. helps us um kind of determine like with focus groups, with vendor uh -huh. interviews, uh -huh. um looking at market data, market research, um like okay, what, you know, what are are we going to make a coconut flavor or a mango flavor, right? So like right. We now have help for that, but we also, um, I think we're really in touch with our bud tenders and, um, and talking to folks that are, um, kind of influencers in the market mm -hmm. to get a okay. sense of what's interesting to them. Um, and you right. know, we have, a, we have lots of products that don't taste like cannabis at all, right? Our, our no, community products, they don't take, they taste like candy, but mm -hmm. For these, it's like, well, let's make it more interesting. And the and mm -hmm. cannabis can taste amazing if you give it a little bit more attention, if you're a little bit more mindful about what strains you're sourcing mm. and how the extraction is done. And, yeah. you know, there's a lot of um, kind of nuances and intricacies to creating a delicious tasting cannabis forward product. So yeah, I think we we try to stay in touch with the market as much as as much as possible on kind of all different types of levels. Yeah. How, and, and that's great. So you're doing it through uh, common consumer products, analytical panels, mm -hmm. collecting data, and then kind of figuring out the direction you want to play in that arena where the consumers had it. Exactly. That, that's great. So tell me, what do you think is the difference in your journey versus if I was someone who invented uh, 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 just this this crazy cool free uh, pre roll? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. So it's kind of describe to me and to the audience what you believe the differences in that journey 
would be in today's environment in 2023. Yeah. Amazing. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah. Oh gosh. It's, okay. So the, the big differences between um, pre-roll and it's interesting you pick pre-roll instead of like flower. Yeah. Right? Flower is, a, we could have a whole different conversation about flower, but yeah. pre-roll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pre-roll has some, um, a, another step of like a special sauce or, yes. right. It has been manufactured into a pre-roll. Mm-hmm. So there's all kinds of it's different. It's kind elements. of a bespoken kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It's, yeah. It has to be rolled right. It has to be the yeah. right weight. It has to be the right quality. So that's a, that's an interesting product to compare to. So I think with edibles, um, there are, so we're, we're fairly far away from the bare naked cannabis plant, right? We're pretty far away from flour. We've added a whole bunch of ingredients like, you yeah. know, sugar and pectin and, you know, uh, then we've added in some of our products, terpenes, um, mm-hmm. we have flavors, we have packaging, um, and then we have the whole entire kind of format to play with of um, of food consumption. So when we talk about our products, when we message our products, mm-hmm. we have like so much We've, we just have so much play. We have so much territory that we can cover because mm-hmm. we're a food product. Um, a pre-roll is definitely going to have more, more play and more kind of reasons to talk about their product than a flower. Um, but, but you're essentially the pre-roll is a device for smoking raw flour. So mm-hmm. there's not as much that you can play with and talk about, um, That's right fewer levers to pull, right? Like mm-hmm. just, there's a lot less. So I think the pre-roll flower companies, like they have it a lot harder to differentiate, to talk about their products than um, maybe us edible folks do. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just, there's less like, you know, there's less armor. <laughs> there's, yeah. fewer, there's fewer <laughs> levers to pull. So I, I totally see that. And, and that goes with what, you know, I was at, I don't know how we didn't run into each other, but I was I was at Benzinga uh, in Miami last week, like you were. And the the thing that I noticed, and I talked to a lot of people, and you know, I did my podcast, and I had other meetings there. Uh, and it just seems to me, the farther you get away from the flower, the more optimism is in the business. Yes. Right. Yes. Because. Yes. So, and and let's, okay, so you agree with me. So let, let's take a look at your company. Tell me how your organization is structured. Okay. So okay. we have our, so we have um, Kiva Brands, which is uh-huh. our, I call it our IP um, holding company, our corporate employees, um, mm-hmm. our, our marketing team. Anybody, anything that doesn't directly have to do with cannabis sits inside of Kiva Brands. So you got marketing, um, you have finance, yep, right? Yep, yep, yep. PR, HR, yep. Yep. Okay, all, all of those. The, yeah, the legal. standard functions, legal, yeah. right, right. Standard okay. functions. Mm-hmm. And then underneath that, we have two, um, two cannabis companies. So we have um, Kiva Manufacturing, which in California does all of our manufacturing products. Okay. And then our second entity is Kiva Sales and Service, 
which is the distribution side of the business. Most people don't know, especially consumers, but um, most people don't know about the distribution side of the business because it's B2B, right? And Kiva Kiva Confections is B2C. And most people think, oh, we they know that we manufacture. So they're aware of the manufacturing arm of the business. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the extent of the setup um, mm-hmm. or of the kind of business entities. Um do you have growing and cultivation? No, we don't cultivate. We don't grow anymore. Thank okay. goodness. Yeah. <laughs> we don't make our own extracts. That's been the, a beautiful part of That's Red all Bull. outsourced. That's all outsourced. We we have okay. done all those things before. Um, mm-hmm. We've made our own extracts up until probably, I don't know, a few years ago. But mm-hmm. legalization came or, recre- or um, you know recreational came along mm-hmm. in California, right. professionalized the supply chain. And then prices have gone down, down, down and quality yeah. gone way up. So yeah. let the experts do the cultivation side. So, so if I was to look at your consumer products business and I would say the brand is the head. Mm-hmm. And the supply chain is the tail. You are in the head. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yep. I think that's a good place to be today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It really is. It really is. It's great. And it's also, um, like you asked earlier, how do you keep it interesting? Because yeah. you can go, cool. You know, we made our chocolate bars. We made our gummies. Let's take a vacation. And um, <clears throat> like, you, if you want to stay ahead and be in the head, you got to yeah. like, continue to fend off the rest of the folks that are, that are fighting for that position. And you do that by staying cool and staying relevant. And that's where, whew, that's where a lot of the work comes from for sure. Yeah. Up the no doubt. Time. No doubt. I, I love this conversation. Plant profits will return. So our sponsors can profit from these messages. Welcome back, everyone. This is Vern Davis. I am your host of Plant Profits, and Plant Profits is proudly brought to you by Protus Global. My guest today is Christy Palmer. She's co-founder and president of Kiva Confections, and this is awesome. Having a really cool discussion about, you know, basically, she's a brand. She's the head. She's not the tail all the cultivation things. She's on the creative side of the business. And it's really, really cool to see uh, someone actually successfully build a brand. And early in this conversation, I call it the, one of the OGs in the industry. And that is in the legal industry. That is so true. She is. She and her husband and her, uh, her team have done a tremendous job. And she just really kind of explained how she set the business up, and which has allowed her to help you know, build a brand ongoing in the business. So talk to me about the people. You got a sizable company. You got 400 people. That's a lot of folks, you know, from starting out in the back shed in the, <laughs> in the back of the house to, <laughs> you know, $300 million in revenue, 400 people. That's that's a lot of people um, in, in a business. And you know, talk to me about culture. Tell me about what you and... You guys and Scott, what have you created there? Yeah, great question. We just recently um, relaunched our culture club and we had our first like big meeting yesterday. Uh, We had like 35 people from the company join the culture club meeting, which is amazing. It's like 10% of the company came in for the culture club. It's like super cool. So um, what is the culture club? 
Goodness, so, you got to back up here. What is the culture <laughs> club? Man? Nobody else has that. You can't talk to me like everybody I talk to has a culture club. <laughs> yeah, so culture club, you know, it's it's taken on many forms over the years. Somebody reminded yeah. me to be called the fun committee, which mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I think the fun committee is a maybe an even better name for the culture club. But yeah. culture club is like, um, you know, we I think post in this post COVID world, like yeah. there are still people I don't know at the company. There, yeah. it's like it's a lot. I I think we're a family business, and we want to feel and run like a family business. Um, and so, yeah, Culture Club is responsible mm-hmm. for um, like uh, planning events, basically bringing the fun back to the workplace and that human element, the human connection um, mm-hmm. back to the workplace. So, yeah, we're looking at like a planning events, like big and small. So like, you know, is it bowling night? Is it um, mm-hmm. a softball club mm-hmm. um, or bigger events? Like, you know, we have our, our Kiva holiday party once a year, but okay. being like really big. And so we need to like change the way we kind of get together and how we've been doing it isn't really working for us today. So it's, it's okay. about bringing the company together um, and and yeah, human having that human touch, which I think is so um, mm-hmm. so 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 important, and just the way we work today, being mm-hmm. remote for a lot of the time. Um, and you know, we too also have like manufacturing team members that are on the pack out line every day, right? So there's mm-hmm. there's so many people who aren't in front of a laptop, but mm-hmm. they are all together in a room every single day, forty hours a week, and like it's so easy to get disconnected from those folks. So we're just trying to find ways to bring, um, bring more camaraderie um, back into the business. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I obviously, you know, that, you know, a couple of years from now, when you have a thousand people that they, I mean, it really gets different mm-hmm. and you're going to be very uncomfortable mm-hmm. because you won't know, you know, half of your organization, you know, the way that you grew the business. Yeah. Right. So what are you going to do about that? Because that's coming. Yeah, it's coming. So, um, yeah, perfectly timed uh, question because uh, in a couple of weeks from now, I'm um, going into the uh, manufacturing warehouse for a week and doing like, for one, I need to learn how to make some of our newer products that I never made with my own two hands. (laughs) So like chocolate, I know how to make, but I need to know, I need, I need a better understanding of the like production process of gummies and chews Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, um, and then also I get to work with the team for a week. Um, Mm -hmm. so that is like, you know, we've got Sean Ryan in there. Who's been on the team for, oh my gosh, probably like eight years. Wow moved up over the years and uh-huh. um started in packaging now he runs all of our gummy production um and so i get to go spend a week with that team who most of them i don't know because our gummies have only they launched in like 2018 and so all those folks are you know that i've i've considered the world kind of shut down at the beginning of 2020 right <laughs> so i only have like a year to get to know that yeah. line you know you know that that peep that uh, line of people there Um, And so, yeah, the part of, I think, what will, um, what helps the company like maintain its um, cohesiveness is to, to get in there and, and just be present, right. And learn who, what, what is that person's name? What is their job? Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's something I really like to do. It's been a little harder 
with COVID and kids, but I'm like, no, I need to get in the manufacturing warehouse for a week. What, what could I do with my time that could be better? <laughs> yeah, that's great. So is that your plan to float around ever so yeah. often? And yeah, just, think- just embed yourself and be part of a team? Yep. And Slow have time. people mm-hmm. teach you and you, you take a step back and, yeah. and, and just be part of the team. Yeah. Be part of the team. That's a great mm-hmm. way for me to get to know the people. Another yeah, way I spend my time great. is getting, getting out in the dispensaries. Mm-hmm. That's huge too, because a lot yeah. you know, it's easy to think, oh, these cannabis, these corporate cannabis companies, big cannabis. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like mm, big cannabis. It's like, you know, what's, <laughs> I hate that term. <laughs> <laughs> no sense, right? Like, okay, whatever. But but it's a thing. Like it's what people believe. So yeah, going out in the dispensaries is another way that I spend my time too. Yeah, that's that's great. So we talked about culture and what you guys you have culture club, you have that, you you you're immersing yourself over so often. Is Scott doing the same thing? Yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's he's in the warehouse all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well that that's I mean, I, I think that's a that's a good look. That's a good idea. And that, that will definitely help people see you like you really are, right? Because yeah. people make up things about who they think you are. Yes. Right. Yes. And and it's good for people to see how you really are. You know, the talent journey in cannabis, right? I'm you know, we you know, I've been in it for about eight years in legal cannabis and and the thing that that I've learned, I remember Right, 2015. Everybody was wanting to come in from other industries. And, wow, this is the this is the new frontier, right? This is a lifetime event. You know, when would you ever get a chance to go into a new consumer products business, right? And so you have people coming from everywhere, and 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 it's it's interesting to see. There's people that you talk to now that that came through and tried it and. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know, you know, somebody told me last week, you got to assume everything's wrong, right? (laughs) You know, kind of that, that kind of sums it up, right? You got to assume everything's wrong, but some people, you know, a lot of people have made decisions that they're out. They've come through, they're out. They don't want to do that. And then there's some people who said, there's nothing else I'd rather do. Mm -hmm. How do you find the people who, have other company experience that could be valuable to you and what you're trying to do and have come in and now they know cannabis and they love cannabis. And so they take all of those years before cannabis and in cannabis and create something special for whoever they partner with. How do you find those people and, and how do you understand that they're here to stay? Yes. I love that. I love that. Um, because those folks are so there, that is a, like you said, you didn't have that five years ago. I'm not that three years ago. Like once California in 2018 went legal, it was like, Oh, we could, we, we like a whole new talent pool opened up. Um, and then, yeah, now fast forward five years, you have people who are very experienced in cannabis. They've worked for one or two companies prior, and now they have knowledge of the industry. They've, they've taken a company from A to B or B to C, and now they're ready for like the next, uh, kind of journey or the next chapter, um, in their career. So, um, you know, we have a in-house, um, director of recruiting. Mm -hmm. So, um, that is a role that's been with Kiva for maybe a year and a half or two years. Um, Mm -hmm. and, uh, Jim is amazing. 
and runs kind of all of our recruiting. So he's always got his feelers out there for, um, for leads. We definitely were lucky that we have a, um, a great reputation. Um, and so people do, we get a lot of inbound, um, leads for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's huge, but yeah, finding screening for screening for passion, um, is definitely a, a big one, right? Like, yes. you gotta, and then also profiling the job in a real world setting. Like I remember okay. when I was recruiting delivery drivers, for example, mm-hmm. I used to be like, oh, you know, it's a really cool job. Like, cause I liked, I liked it. Right. It was like, you get to be in all the dispensaries and you get to talk to the buyers and the teams. And then it was like, okay, we need to give this a very realistic spin. Like you, you're going to spend about six hours in the car every day. You might mm-hmm. have to wait at the dispensary for two hours for that one buyer who mm-hmm. won't get your return your phone call. So I think it's about profiling the job um, also in a very realistic way, because even for the upper level jobs, like it's, it's, it's hard. Like there's no playbook. There's, it gets crazy. Like one day you're running to the left and then like, bam, a bus comes and hits you. And now you're running to the right, you know, and your legs broken and like you have less resources than you did yesterday. And then the direction changes again. It's just, it's really like, um, yeah, there's a lot of back and forth and a lot of change. And, mm-hmm. you know, if somebody comes from a, like a very corporate job where they had, mm-hmm. um, 15 people underneath them and they never had to roll up their sleeves. That's a term we use a lot. Like mm-hmm. roll up your sleeves, get in there, get dirty, do right. it yourself. Like if they're used to having tons of resources at their fingertips and just, you know, making things happen with their big incredible team like yeah maybe that'll <laughs> translate um but we need people who are comfortable building and getting scrappy when you need to and um and getting in there and figuring that out without feeling overwhelmed or overburdened great how do you feel about that now you you just mentioned someone earlier in our conversation that you thought had about eight years of experience with you. Uh, how, how is tenure coming in your critical roles? Yeah. Um, okay. So critical roles, tenure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've got some people. We So we celebrate anniversaries every month on our, um, on our all hands meeting. And so okay. we put their picture up and put the every month, like, you know, who has an anniversary that month. And so, um, yeah, we've got some people in the eight year, seven year, six year for some of our, um, like, these are some folks that started like in packaging or as a brand ambassador or as a salesperson. And now they have worked their way through the ranks to like, you know, uh, I think, um, Christy Strong is like our senior, creative marketing director, senior manager. Um, So she's worked up from a brand ambassador. Um, So yeah, so tenure in some of of those roles are amazing. It's a small group, I would say, that has um, continued with us that long. Um, Been able to like grow in an environment where like, so one of our initiatives right now is career paths. So we, we haven't had a great like, career path trajectory. So somebody starts as a brand ambassador and they're like, you know, I want to be VP of sales. 
how do I get there? We're like, uh, well, we don't really know. So now we're starting to work on, okay, well, if you development, are, yeah. Development, yeah. yeah, yeah, and just that, showing the path, that's a good right? Idea. So that's, right. that's um, that's yeah, right. that's amazing. And then some of our more like, um, uh, like we did a big hiring round in 2018 when, um, when things went legal in California, um, we hired a COO, a director of operations and a director of sales. And um, those, some of those folks are still with the company. So they're going on five years. That was like a big cohort, um, a time when we hired a lot of like leadership roles. And a lot of those people are still with us today. Oh, that's great. No, that's great. What What do you, what do you see for, I mean, you, you you guys are award-winning and um, highly recognized in the industry, but when you're building a brand in the cannabis space, you're doing hard work. Uh, what's your vision? What's ahead of you in Kiva? Where are you going with this with this brand, and where do you see the industry and how you fit into that? Yeah, um, I think we're headed. We, a, a challenge for us is going to be expansion okay. um, and how do we continue to grow our brand um, across the country and then outside of the country um, into yeah. completely different markets, like into Did the- you just go into Canada not too long ago or? We did, um, yeah. but we are no longer in Canada. We've withdrawn um, from the market. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're learning. Yeah. Learning. <laughs> That's education right there. It is education. <laughs> Those are the best lessons, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it yeah. happens and you got to go through those things. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and so expansion is, is the big thing and challenge. How many, how many markets are you in now? Where are so you? We're in 10 markets, including California. Okay. Are you, are they West coast or you're all over? Um, all over. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're getting pretty well spread now, which mm-hmm. is great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and what's been the key of how you, how are you connecting the dots to making sure Kiva is Kiva wherever <sighs> you go? Yes. Yeah. It's so it's very challenging. It's very challenging. <laughs> it is. It there is. are easier ways to get your products from um, California to New York than in making them in New York. Right. Like it's mm-hmm. it's just it's taken a business model that already worked like a consumer products, good model that already worked and then just completely dissecting it and making it really hard and expensive. (laughs) So that's, yeah, that's the baseline is it's, it's, can you fix that? Can can you fix that for us all? please? (laughs) I would love to, uh, me and my army. Um, yeah. So it, uh, so yeah, that is, that is growing into other markets. You know, I would say it takes, experience it mm-hmm. takes humility <laughs> yeah. um and amazing an amazing group of people like we have a few years ago we decided all right we're either going to go into a state and and invest and be number one two or three like that's that's our happy place or we're not going to go into that state because it doesn't do us much good to launch an estate and then be number 15 like nobody okay. that doesn't create a rich, compelling okay. story to anyone. So, you, so you're going to win. Yeah. Going to win. And, and you, you figure that out and you go into that state yeah. and you execute that. Yeah. And, and the, the good thing is, is that uh, with a brand, 
it's it can be become regional knowledge, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and the word can spread, <clears throat> yep. and people will will follow a brand, right? So the state adjacent that opens up, right? All of a sudden, the following is a lot bigger than you think it is because people are aware. Yeah, yeah, and and that that's a that's a big opportunity. So you you have to be very smart about where you go, and I, I think yeah. that's great. Yeah. No, yeah. that's, that's, that's great. What, so really quick, what are your passion projects? Ooh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Passion projects. I already mentioned culture club. Um, yes. that is a big one. Um, and really this year, um, I am trying to complete my initiative to visit all of our markets outside of California. Yeah. Um, okay. super chat. I thought, Oh, that'll be really fun and easy to just go travel around. And, but mm -hmm. it's, it's really, it takes a ton of coordination and, um, and thought and planning to get into the markets at the right time. Um, right. meet, meet the bud tenders at the dispensaries. Like I like to get really, um, really granular with it and, um, and, uh, and yeah, make it impactful both for myself our team that, you know, works in the state of Michigan, for example, um, and, and really connect back to the consumer um, there in that state. So I'm, uh, I'm very passionate about that. Um, other passion projects. I mean, I have two little kids now. <laughs> so they got to fit into this thing. Ooh, you know, they got, they got to definitely fit into this thing. I, I oh look, I, I tell you, Christy, it is terrific that you showed up on our show today and and uh, and uh, and gave us some some uh, knowledge and some wisdom about what it takes. And you're a true story. Uh, you, I mean, what you guys have done is so real, and you're doing all the heavy lifting. Thanks, and uh, I I hope that the industry uh, will utilize you to teach amazing and to help because uh, you know we're living in a time where you want your competitor to be strong totally. right? oh my god yeah right you 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 know so more success everybody's you know one success affirmation creates more success and and that is the chain we got to create and I, I really appreciate you being on the show and i appreciate everybody listening to the show and uh christy palmer who is the co-founder of kiva uh please everyone find us on um wherever you get your podcast find plant profits and, and um cannabis radio is our partner here uh and um you know apple spotify wherever you get your podcast, we are there. And then also take a look at Protus Global, my company, and social media, anywhere on social, we're Insta, Facebook, we're everywhere on social media. We're all over social media. LinkedIn, you can find myself and my colleagues all over the place on social media and really understand how we're helping build companies and what we do and changing people's lives at the same time. And until next time, I'm Vern Davis. I am the host of plant profits and uh, cheers.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.